Why does this feel like one of those things that should have been obvious to me? George W. Bush. Hey guys, welcome back to Disorganized, your criminal minds podcast with your host, the podcaster formerly known as Z. And Laura. And Eris. And this week we're going to talk about season nine of Criminal Minds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I just wanted to do a condor scream. <laughs> It was a very tame scream. Yeah, and I, I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Condor's like, I know, it's just for the zoo. <laughs> Give me my fish. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, favorite episode. <laughs> Fantastic start. It's not like we had a long break for the holidays. Hold on, I'm running down. <laughs> Give me a fish for the future. Uh... <laughs> Excellent. <clears throat> Who wants to go first? I'll go first. First, for like chronological order, Route 66. The, the one with the father and the daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I really like that episode, and also it made me cry so hard. Yes! Like, I, I too at the end. I had to stop. Like, this was like, I was going to watch one more episode, but I was sobbing so hard. I was like, I think we just need to end this for the night. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> it's um, also the episode where we see Haley for the last time and Foyette. Yeah, I, I oh, totally. Yeah. Like, I love, because I, I, I watched this a while ago, so I'm just trying to like refresh my memory of what happened uh-huh. in these episodes and my note was Hotch falls down and goes to a movie with Haley and Foyette while he's in surgery. Yes. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, that one. That was and like, then the balloon thing, that was the, fun. The, the whole thing was just beyond weird and... Yeah. But it also, I, I kind of liked it in a way that like it is kind of like a fever dream, which yeah, I yeah, assume yeah. is like... Kind of, like it, it's it had a very dreamlike quality. That is exactly how your subconscious works through stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I, I found it like weirdly believable in its like absurdity because that's how people's brains work. <laughs> it's also the only episode that Beth appears in for this season. Oh, and it was and it's just, just like, in flashbacks. It's just yeah, a fl- like pre-recorded. I, I don't know for a fact, but I and because I, I meant to look this up and I didn't, but I believe it's because at that point she was playing the first lady on Scandal. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So, so yeah, so she had other commitments. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I believe so. I yeah. don't. I don't know that for a fact, but that is what my mm-hmm. I meant to look yeah. up because I'm but pretty I like sure. But it's like here's two people that Hotch needs to kind of let go of mm-hmm. and. Right. Like, well, I mean, Haley like, giving him permission to move on was, yeah, I mean, it was I'm like, like, I don't need your permission, finally, however, like, yeah, it, it was like <laughs> him, like, really working on healing his emotional trauma from that. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they both lived like ghosts in his head, and now he's like, was finally able to start letting them go. Mm-hmm. I want to know how oh. that red balloon hurt him, though. Well, sometimes a symbol is just a symbol, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes the curtains are blue and sometimes they're blue, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, one of the things I actually really liked about this episode, but also like later I realized it was kind of a theme throughout this season in the standoff and like the actual crime itself when they're the, the, the standoff part of it where they'd start giving the statistics. I think it was actually Morgan who gave the statistics of like this this ends in suicide by cop or you know mm-hmm. um it's like it does not end well for the father. They were yeah. like he was like fully expecting like statistically. We're not bringing him in. Mm-hmm. Like, he will not go to jail. He'll be coming out in a body bag. What I really like. And then the daughter was able to talk him out of it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. I really liked that. What I really like about that episode, too, is that so many of the other episodes that we've seen up until this point, 
um, like the really, like really heart wrenching ones. And you could right. tell from the get go, this was going to be kind of a heart wrenching yes. one. And they always say something like, like, or I, I know there's one episode where Reed in particular asks, I think Hotch, where he's like, Hey, do you ever get a feeling that a case isn't going to turn out that great? Yeah. And like, they always set it up that way. And then, and then, you know, like you get to that point and they build it and they build it and they build it and you're like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then it's like horrible. And yeah. they did that with this one. But in the end, like. We got a happily ever after Loki. Yeah. So I thought that was like a real, like a real good way to like turn the tables on the the viewer without right. like backstabbing them. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I also like the, there's there's kind of a the theme that I saw that this episode kind of starts the authorities slash the BAU. They're absolutely they're very good at what they do, but like it's not them that turns the outcome into a happily ever after. It's the people. It's like the family members of the unsub mm-hmm. or, you know, like it. it's the people who are kind of close to home that are the ones who are able to to drastically sway results. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the BAU is just like, we know what the statistics are because we know how cops act and blah, blah, blah. But like they were like, when it's just us, if it was just police versus this guy, we know how this is going to end. Mm-hmm. It was the daughter who was able to make things better yeah. kind of thing. And there's several times where that's like pops up again and again and i'm like i kind of like that actually because it's like hey maybe you shouldn't just rely on the fucking cops maybe you should watch out for your people on your own home turf you know like you you should have a presence in people's lives for for me all of these awful things happen and and one of the reasons that jason gideon you know the the guy who played jason gideon left the show is because because everything that they were doing was so horrifically sad and yeah. like just awful and stuff. So I think it was really nice this season particularly to get that kind of turn of like you can make a difference. Yes. Like it do- it's not just the BAU. It's not just the cops. Like you right. like you just the everyday man can make a difference. Yeah. And I really liked that. Yeah, absolutely. I can't really say that I that 200 was my favorite other than because I think I was just so overwhelmed with my girl Emily. Mm. <laughs> um, like, it was not a bad episode. I'm not, like, it's definitely up there. On, but on every episode, I write down who the does the opening quote and the closing quote. And the opening one, I said, Emily motherfucking <laughs> Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I liked uh, Rabid. Mm-hmm. That one was freaky and just, like, really kind of hit me in a way. And also just, like, uh, rabies is one of those things that, like... Uh, you know how people, like, really love sharks, but there's some people who love sharks because they're terrified of mm-hmm. sharks? That's me with rabies. I'm terrified of rabies. So I'm, like, in that weird, fascinated, I want to poke at it sort of way. <laughs> rabies is absolutely 100% something alien or supernatural. Like, you can't change my mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like, I feel like that's the original, like, werewolf disease. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's where all of this came from. <laughs> Rabbit is such a fucking creepy episode that there are some scenes that I can't watch. Like, when that woman in the beginning is like, I'm gonna eat your face. I was like, and I work nights, so I was watching it like in the dead of night oh. in a house that's haunted, by the way. Oh shit! So I was, so I was like, mm, we're gonna, this is fast forward just a little bit. <laughs> just like, oh god, that episode was really good, and that one also had like it had like a bittersweet ending because like mm-hmm. she was too far gone, but they were able to save the kid. And I, I the park scene. Yeah. Can you imagine about- being like? one of the kids there or like one of the parents there like, or something what's when wrong she walked with that lady because like yeah. it's bad enough when you're like what's wrong with that dog yeah and then you see like what's wrong with that person yeah. somebody's mom 
I don't know if this is controversial. The last two episodes, Angels and Demons. I fucking loved those two episodes. Do Holy you shit. remember season five? Uh, specific, particularly season five, episode 19, is another corrupt cop in the desert south-ish um, story. I think so. And I, when we when we had that episode, I had turned to you and I was like, this is not the episode that I remembered it being. <laughs> These were the episodes that I could remember it <laughs> oh, being. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, Yes. Okay. No, yeah. I get it. Because it was also like a Texas uh-huh. situation. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. I think the one in season 19 is like New Mexico or Arizona or whatever. But right. yes, it is yeah. like in the neighborhood. Yeah. And then it was the one with the... Um, the beheadings. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it was all, it still had like that immigrant trafficking mm-hmm. kind of thing aspect to it. Yeah. No, I, I really like these episodes. And what I like about it more as a season ender is that some of the season endings that they have done for Criminal Minds have been you know, end of the world bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, like, we have to save it or else I can't remember the one Hosh where- gets blown up. <laughs> Hosh gets blown up. Princess has to just defuse a bomb. JJ gets like the cool action scene, which I'm like, I'll, like yeah. I love I love being an action queen. I really yeah. do. JJ is so far my fucking, like, uh, she's so cool. Anyway, but I liked this one for the, 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 the content of the plot because mm-hmm. it's like, it wasn't end of the world stuff. They made a difference for the small town, but in the greater scheme of things, you're like, okay, they cleaned up this small town. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, this was season finale worthy mm-hmm. because, like, they made such a huge difference to this town. Yeah. And, like, it ne- not everything has to be, like, a global affair. Sometimes it's important just to save a small town. And anyway, I just really... And also, I like their continuing theme of, like, all cops are bastards. They sometimes go, like, except for the BIU. And then sometimes they're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, hey, cab. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't trust the fucking cops. <laughs> I, uh... That's also the, the the episode where Blake calls Reed Ethan and we get some Blake yeah, story. Yeah. And then I, it's, it's the shootout of Never Ending Bullets, too. Oh <laughs> There's no logic in that, that Except, shootout. Okay, hold on. It's Texas. <laughs> right, they're just back there, like, pulling out magazine clips like nobody's business. But also, like, why... I, I mean, I guess they're, they're in over their heads at this point, but I'm just like, okay, cops... You decided that in all of the other shit you were already doing, yeah. you thought it'd be a really great idea to just take on the FBI and try to kill them all? I'm like, right. what is wrong with you? Yeah. There, there was a part of me like, that doesn't make sense. And then I stopped to think about it. I was like, that actually might make the most sense. Because like... I mean, I guess they were just like, let's just go out with a bang. But I'm like... Right. They probably, like, I, my, my only guess is, like, we just didn't see more of their end game, which is we need to stop, continue to be cops, and we'll just take our money and go. Kind of thing, like, we'll just kill a bunch of feds, and that'll give us a chance to escape or something. It's kind of what I was thinking is happening. But at the same time, like, yeah, I bet there, there's some fucking assholes who probably be like, yeah, just kill some of these feds and everything will be great. Mm-hmm. Government but, but won't what poke do up you out. do at that point when the, when the BAU, whoever... They don't think that comes, far ahead. The, the, the <laughs> FBI was like, hey, where are our agents? What happened to them? Oh, my right. gosh. Or uh, was Garcia wasn't on site this time. She was back in D.C. during this episode, right? No. She, no, was, she, she, she was on site. Yeah, That's right. She was. Yeah. She was. Because she okay. helps Spencer. Yeah, so she, like, no, so she, gets say, there. she gets there. Yeah. She gets there in the second episode yeah, because yeah, she hitches yeah, yeah, yeah. the ride with Mateo Cruz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, so, you know, somebody's going to ask a question about why are all my agents missing? Like, I don't know. Texas, man. I guess they just wandered off into the desert and they all died mm-hmm. together. Like, mm-hmm. what was your next step after 
I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what my next I'm step would have been. I'm assuming this, like, take the money and the drugs and run is was the next step was, like, let's just disappear into Mexico or something is I my guess. guess. My, my plan, my plan would have been to single out one of the agents, whichever one I had happened to have more chemistry with, right? Yeah. And, and develop an enemies to lovers slow burn thing. <laughs> nice. So that while they're chasing me, they're also falling in love with me. Mm. Not, you know, reach and right there. And then somehow yeah. they're, suddenly you're able to frame them for everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Love me some Spencer. <laughs> the weirdly brings me like, I want to have a special shout out. There we go. <laughs> to Matthew Kripler for uh, finally in blood relations making me like his de- directorial style. You liked his first episode that he directed. I do, but it was also like a little jarring. And I, I'm basically, I've gotten to the point where I love how he just throws consistency and tone out the window and goes, fuck it. I'm doing avant-garde horror and nobody can stop me. I have the camera now. I also think he might have a hand kink because I don't know if you've noticed some <laughs> yeah, of the, like, yeah. some of the very he's got, stylized he's shots. Like, I want to be like Quentin Tarantino, but instead of feet, I want hands. <laughs> They, they were kind of like very shocking at first because mm-hmm. it was like, this is such a difference in tone of the, like, the rest of the season. But I've, he's finally turned me around going like, no, I look forward to these episodes now. You need to give me my weird little like French-esque horror film. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Give me all the weird angles, the choppy shots. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, those were my favorites. <laughs> um... Well, we've come up on our commercial break. You're welcome. When, thank you very much. <laughs> when we get back, um, we can tackle Laura's and my the rest of my favorites, because you mentioned a couple of my favorites. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, we'll come back after the commercial. Bye! Now it's time for Re-Explaining with the podcast formerly known as Z. <laughs> Uh, the first dinosaur fossil was found in 1822, which means Christopher Columbus, Leonardo da Vinci, William Shakespeare, Isaac Newton, George Washington, and Napoleon Bonaparte Likely never knew dinosaurs existed. Holy shit. That's it. Anyways, that was replaining with the podcast formerly known as Z. <laughs> Woo! Uh, if you enjoyed this show, you might also enjoy our other shows on PartyApocalypse.com, As the Myth Turns, The Fourth Wall, and Friendables in their entirety. You can also stream new episodes of Cabin in the Woods with friends of the show Donna Kenzie and producer Mac Bull. Hey, Mac Bull. Mmm. And the holodeck is broskin. Broskin. <laughs> holodeck is broskies. Uh. <laughs> also with producer Mac Boyle. Yeah, what? <laughs> Back to the episode. Okay, Laura. Favorite episodes. Okay. Um, you already men- mentioned Route 66 uh, was one of them. So I'm going to talk about an episode that's probably not very good, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one right before that, To Bear Witness. Mm-hmm. I mean, A, I love David Anders, and he was the, the guest star in that, so mm-hmm. that was really exciting. However, it, this is the one where like he's like lobotomizing people and putting cameras in their eyes and shit like that. It was so disturbing that I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is the weirdest, twisted, and it's not... Not even for a good reason. He thinks he's like, he wants validation from his daddy or something. Right. Like, it's not even like a really coherent plot. Right. But I'm right. just like, this is so weird. And I kind of like that it's really disturbing and yeah. strange. And like, it's not just like, oh, I'm killing people because this thing happened in my life that made me snap. Like, he's taking it way too far. So, I don't know. There's something about how bizarre that pull plot was that I actually yeah. really liked. Mm-hmm. And then... 
this epi- this whole season for me was a little spotty. Like, mm-hmm. there were some episodes that I liked, mm-hmm. some that I didn't, but there's some that I kind of, like, so-so liked, so I'm going to include them in here. So, The Return, episode eight, where the kid shoots up the diner and it turns out he's, like, a missing kid mm-hmm. from, like, four years ago. Mm-hmm. This was a really good setup. With a very flat ending for me. Yes! Like, it's just this guy who has an agenda and is doing this. And I was like, but they could have done more with this. could have been a two-parter. Yeah. With like, oh my gosh, it's this whole ring of like, you know, thing. Like, I don't know. Right. It just, it felt flat for me, but I love the setup. I love that they're like trying to put together this multi-year mystery yeah. of like all these kids that have gone missing. And- Especially because like Criminal Minds has done the whole like, Spiderweb, Machiavellian, Moriarty kind of character before. They've done him several times. They've yeah. done him with Kingfisher and uh, the, the in, Influ... I don't remember. Whatever. Mark Hamill's character. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the like, so, Replicator. Replicator, yeah. So they've done it with like... Like this could have been like a much bigger... Like I'm the little... I'm the evil mastermind who has like a much bigger plan mm-hmm. and I have forward thinking so I'm going to collect these kids over the course of years and program yeah. them to do that. And then said they were like a one episode one and done. Yeah. And I'm and like, it's yeah. just one random guy who's like mad against the Chicago PD. Like, right. It was such what a... Was his, he, he was a cop. He was, he was, was a dirty cop. He was yeah, a dirty yeah, cop I mean, that got fired basically. Right. And I'm like, okay, that's too dirty for Chicago. Neat, but like, you could have gotten to a yeah, they could have done right. so much more. I would have loved that to be a multi part thing. I wanted to see a like, plus forever, not so much on the on the landing. Yeah. <laughs> that that episode, we find out that JJ carries a pocket knife, and mm. then in the next episode, we find out Spencer carries a pocket knife too. <laughs> nice. Everyone got a so pocket knife. So they did. So the B and the like everybody needs part a of the uniform. knife. <laughs> That they can put in their pockets. Yes. <laughs> in case of emergencies. Yes. Um, so, yes, I also really like 200, you know, being mm-hmm. our, I'm assuming, 200th episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, the event that it was with Emily Prentice coming back. And My girl. I love JJ. She's, she's a badass. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that she had a chance to be a badass. But I just need to say how kind of ridiculous it is that she got pulled away from being a, like, media liaison mm-hmm. to suddenly being, like, a spy or a master interrogator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I get... She turned out to be really awesome and could, like, lean into that. Them um, taking her initially, just that does not make a whole lot of sense. If you remember, the, that episode <laughs> was the one where she talks down Tim Curry. Yeah, that's when they, that's why they pull her is because of the way that she talks him down. Yeah. So like, I think that that's what they were going for. I get that it's it's not like a very coherent like. I'd like to know that there was more in her background. Like it would maybe if it there was like she had some sort of like special training when mm. she was coming up through the academy or something. That or or turns out she was really good at this, but this was the job she really wanted to work for the BAU, and that was the only job that was available. Mm-hmm. So that's what she went. But she could have been this. It's like, like almost like they wrote this story for Emily. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh shit, she in London. We'll just give it to JJ because." JJ basically the same thing. We're like, just because they're girlfriends does not make them the same character. <laughs> but I do appreciate, you know, in the, the beginning, the first time I watched this the series through, I appreciate learning that JJ was not cheating on Will with uh, what's-his-name. Right? Because I, like, I, for a second, I could see it. And I was just like, oh, is this how they're going to, like, add more spice to JJ's relationship? Like, oh, no, we made her settle too fast with a husband and kid. Like, right. oh, we got to reverse this. We have 
god, we need more social conflict. <laughs> and I was like, oh, guys, guys, what are you doing? And then it turns out to be like, oh, it's just that she's a spy, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But At it least totally, now we have spy girlfriends. <laughs> it totally tracks for me how, like, it's like, yes, you have this whole, you know, search for Bin Laden thing going on in the background, but the really ultimate bad guy was the other interrogator guy who was just like a sadist and mm-hmm. wanted to, like, hurt people in the worst ways possible. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. You yeah. know, he was attracted to that kind of life. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, yeah. I would not be the person who would say yes to that job. Yeah. I'd yeah. be like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, now if you said, like, hey, <laughs> No one's going to get hurt. There will be no harm of people or animals, but we need you to set these de- de- condemned buildings on fire. I'd be like, sign me up. <laughs> but it's like, as soon as there's a person involved, I'm like, I don't want to do that. So, so there's yeah, a little existential, sense. like, yes, Bin Laden is this awful dude with this whole network, but also maybe we're a little bit of the bad guy too. I mean, mm. yeah. Have you looked at Guantanamo Bay? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think those were the ones that um, kind of spoke out to me a little bit. I also, I I kind of liked episode 21, Fatal. This was another Mm. of those so-sos for me. I think mostly because it was like Kevin. I think so, yeah. That's what happens in Mecklenburg. Okay, so I wrote down the wrong numbers. That was the, was the one after that, yeah. 22. Okay. Um, with the guy who played Kevin from The Office <laughs> yes. in a much different type of role, yes. which was nice yeah. to see. Because it was something that was hard to put together. These people have nothing in common, but they're mm-hmm. all dying in similar but not quite similar ways. Mm-hmm. Something about the whole thing was kind of interesting to me and how it's this like kind of warped and broken person who's... Right. I mean, they're all kind of warped and broken yeah. people. Yeah. But um, there's just something else about about him but it also kind of cracked me up that like when they call that lady who's like at home and they're like look you might be next on the list and it's like no Rossi the first thing you should have told her is don't eat or drink anything right. like she literally had this glass of wine and she's about ready to and then he gets around to telling her wait by the way don't yeah. <laughs> do that I'm like Sir, don't talk, don't have a conversation first. You need to jump right in there. But, you know, whatever. So I kind of like it. But again, it was one of those that was kind of like a so-so episode. I like the unsub in that because I could see that happening. If somebody is already deeply on edge (laughs) and then it's just like, hey, you're going to die soon because you literally just got like your terminal cancer diagnosis and you're sitting there and you're thinking how unfucking fair it is. And you're like, those five people, I'm just going to take them (laughs) down with me. (laughs) And you know, it weirdly seems real to me. Like it doesn't have like that. And this person wronged me 27 years ago. Like, no, just like, I don't fucking care who these people are. I'm just kind of off them. Yeah. Because fuck the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, okay, I can see that. <laughs> those yeah. were all your favorites? So those were mine, yes. Okay. How about yours? Um, I really liked The Inspired, which was episode number two. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, The yeah. sequel to the um, Wallace and Jesse twin thing. I think the reason that I like that one so much is um, Cameron Manheim, the actress who plays Carla Hines, yeah. is an incredible actress. She's so good. I've seen her in other things um, in like a genuinely good mother role. Mm-hmm. And like the subtleties between that performance and this one and this episode was just beautiful to watch. Yeah. Also, they they mentioned Twitter back before it was a dumpster fire called X. <laughs> I, I was a twin, swallowed my twin in the womb. So yeah. it's is, it is just an interesting, like, if I had turned out to be a murderer, would they be a murderer? Too, if I hadn't already killed them? Twins versus twins. <laughs> right. I like Route 66. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Strange Fruit. I... 
liked Strange Fruit. This one hit me really hard. Like, I paused it and immediately mm-hmm. went into the living room and was like, CJ, she's like, she's like, I need to tell you about this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was just a very hard one to watch, but it was very good. That's one that for me, like, I was almost going to put it on my list of least favorite episodes. Really? Because it's a good... I like the story. I love what they piece together mm-hmm. at the end. But it felt a little too much like we're telling this story through the white people and less mm. through mm. the people who were actually doing it. Mm. I couldn't get past that part because I'm like, because th- we've got these group of white people coming in and yelling at them and like, you yeah. know, like treating them immediately as the, the suspects and stuff. And which they it did turn out to be like, yes, these are our buried secrets in our backyard. But like, I don't know, there was something in the telling of the story that didn't sit right. well with me, but the story itself was one of those you're like, because at the end you're just like, Oh yeah, no, those guys can die. Look, like, like, just mm-hmm. let these people yeah, like, go. Like, you can have a little murder. S- yeah. As a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You earned it. Yeah, <laughs> I would have sure. almost have preferred the son, like having the whole end of reveal be the son confronting the father after they had let them go. Like for whatever, like oh, we can't get you on it. So yeah. then reframing it as the son going like, what the fuck, dad? <laughs> yeah. And then like, or him find you know, and then, and then the story coming out that way as a father to son passing down. These are the reasons I did what I did. We've, we've had kind of episodes like that before. Yeah. Do you remember the one, it's the guy that Rossi was chasing for so many years and then he comes back like when his son is helping him and he's got Alzheimer's. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we've, we've kind of have that, right. had that before a so little bit. So they could have done it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've already established precedent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. Or you could have even had, because there were some like flashbacky type scenes in yeah. this one. If I, oh, yeah. Like, in, yeah, I like that idea of like, okay, well, we can't pin you on it. Or we find out that the son didn't do it and we can't pin the dad for right. whatever. So they get to go back home and then maybe the dad is just like reliving it. Like he's... Yeah. You know, then you get the flashback of what really happened. Yeah. It hit me in a weird way only because I'm like, why are why are the white people in control of this story? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Good point. Good point. Um, I liked the caller, episode ten. The one where the man whose <gasps> yeah. mother was a mail order bride and was abused by the father and stuff. Uh-huh. That one's a pretty good one. That one's pretty spooky, I think. Yeah. Um The Black Queen. Well okay. Gar- Garcia has to go itch her former <laughs> I okay yeah no go ahead tell me reasons why you like it <laughs> well first of all it's very Penelope centered and I love no, yeah. I love me some Penelope yeah. there is some inconsistencies in it in season three episode nineteen we learn that the first time Morgan calls Penelope baby girl is because he can't remember her name yes um but I have a hard time believing that he wouldn't have had that he would have been such a hard ass in that in that like interview interrogation or whatever and then gone on to like not remember her name. Um, right. Like his he would remember like, hey, remember that new analyst we hired is the same person that we arrested the other day? Yeah. Like he I, And I, she dyed her hair, but you know <laughs> I feel like they retconned their mm-hmm. meeting to I but yeah. but there was a point in an earlier episode, I can't remember which one it is. Oh, oh, it's the episode where JJ leaves and then Garcia's like, I can do this. Like, I want to do this, whatever. And she's like trying to pitch for JJ's yeah. job too. Yeah. Hotch mentions, he said, Garcia, whenever you applied for the, like whenever you gave me your resume, it was on um, like homemade pink uh, uh, 
Whatever. Stationary. Yeah. 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 And then and then it was in this episode, like she pulls out pink stationery out of her purse. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay, okay, you yeah. you've got some continuity. Like you you yeah. are acknowledging that you're fucking up a little bit. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love Garcia's awkward hurried walk. That's so fucking funny. And then just I just Shane and Penelope. Like I don't. I've dated Shane's before, so like. It was nice to see Penelope, like, give him the what's for. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of AFAB people go through that little, that first romance mm. in life of, like, the dude who's absolutely the worst for me and makes me feel like shit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, um, yeah, because I, I have names for that one, too. <laughs> yeah. 200. I liked Gabby. Gabby is directed by Thomas Gibson. It's, I think it's, oh, I believe it's his first episode that he's directed. Yeah. Um, Joe Mantegna also directs an episode for the first time this season as well. Um, I don't know which one it is, but I did I do see, um, see that pop up. I think it was like episode two. Let me double check real quick. Um, it is episode three. I think. Nope. Final I shot? I lied. No. I can't remember which one it is. It's this season. Ah. Anyways, uh, The Black Queen and then uh, 200... Uh, Gabby, I really liked, mm. um, Rabbit, Rabbit is creepy God, as shit. Yes. The Edge of Winter. Oh, yeah. That one is so, ah, oh, God, I, I don't subscribe to the Stockholm thing, but yeah. there is a certain aspect of, like, psyche breaking, like, with the fawning reaction or whatever, because I definitely had the fawn reaction as, like, a kid going through trauma as well. Right. So, like, I get the, the, like... I could have like I I loved my abusers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, yeah. it's possible. No, there there's something to be said about almost like a trauma bonding that mm-hmm. you can like uh, manipulate onto people mm-hmm. to bond them close to you. The Stockholm syndrome is just a, a the it's fake. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. 100%. You can do what that guy did to her. It's just that's not it's actually not, not Stockholm. Stockholm. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> I like the Blood Relations, which is directed by Matthew Gray Goobly. Yeah. Uh, that was a good one. Angels, I gave a four. And Demons was the only one I gave five to. Yeah. So, those are my favorites. But um, we are out of time for this episode. Does anybody have anything absolutely pressing that can't wait till next episode? Oh, no. I just want to talk about ones I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do that next episode. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 As Beans Morocco once said, My hands might not be able to pass the field sobriety test right now, but they put on a good show. And for a clown, that's all that matters.